0: Welcome to the Informed Pregnancy and Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Elliot Berlin. Today's guest is a cosmetic rejuvenation artist who has been New York's secret skincare weapon for well over a decade. She's collaborated with some of the most elite faces of the fashion, finance, society, and art communities. Her skincare philosophy takes a non-invasive holistic approach to aesthetic rejuvenation and conscious aging using a combination of Eastern and Western medicine practices. She's a mama to one, soon to be two, if we don't hurry, could be right now. Nusha Salimi, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: I know nothing about skincare, except for one thing, which is what I told you the other day. When I work on you, on your body, it's boring to me because when people have bumpy skin, it's really um, exfoliating for my hands, and your skin is so soft. And <laughs> I, I told
1: I told Richard that, and he's like, Hmm. <laughs>
0: yeah, I get no value out of it whatsoever. Um, to, where did you start? How did skin become so, your thing?
1: actually, I was in the kind of beauty world ever since I was a little girl, because my parents had beauty schools growing up.
0: Beauty schools? Yeah. What What does that even mean? I, you know, I've heard so, the song with about the dropout.
1: It was basically that. But, uh, they had a beauty school in upstate New York for cosmetology, makeup artistry. Oh, really? And, yeah. How'd
0: they get into it?
1: Well, that's a whole other whole story. World? Okay. A whole new I don't whole new, story, but they, uh came over from my dad was from Iran, my mom from Scotland. They met and they both were kind of artists and they came over and they started playing with hair and the next thing they knew they got a hair school. Wow. Yeah, so when I was about As to-
0: soon as I think of Iran- Iranian men, the first thing that pops into my head is beauty school. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, nah. he, uh, yeah, it was either doctor, beauty school, or <laughs> architect. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they did that. And so when I was around the age of five, I was always kind of around that world. So um, I understood it. And then later on in life, I knew I always wanted to work in nursing because I had volunteered at the New York State Mental Institution when I was around the age of 15, and then I started a nursing program through my school that I was going to and became a nurse around the age of 18, a licensed nurse. Wow. That's really
0: young. You must have been the baby of the class.
1: I was definitely a baby of the class. And looking back, I was like, how the heck did I do? Some how of did the, you do it? It was bizarre. Like Some of the things I experienced were just bizarre. But it was in – so I was working in the mental institution, and I saw things, and it really taught me – a different form of communication because a lot of the patients that I had were Mm non-communicative. So basically, when uh, not knowing, I was doing energy work when people were having episodes. If they were having breakdowns or weren't able to communicate their feelings, I would just be sitting with them. And that's how, fast forward 12 or 13 years later, the Reiki work I feel like really was able to integrate into my practice.
0: Okay, what is Reiki? Reiki.
1: Reiki is a form of energetic healing that can calm the nervous system down and remove stagnant energy in the body. Looking back, when I was younger, I was using energy work to help calm whoever I was with, who was having, you know, whether it was friends or working in the nursing world or even for myself. When I would kind of tone in onto that energy, I would see the difference in calming the nervous system down. Mm
0: -hmm. So you became a Reiki master.
1: So I became a Reiki master. What's
0: the training like for that?
1: So I ended up working with a really amazing practitioner. Her name's Ambi, and she also is a sound healer. And basically with her, I did a one-on-one training where we were in her house doing it together. And I was with her for, I don't know, 10 hours for the first time. And then the second day, we did another like eight hours and it's a whole kind of course that you're learning different methods on how to use the symbols and use the Reiki on a daily basis. So she's a really great teacher. because She was able to kind of break things down in a way to quickly kind of absorb the information. And then I waited for about a year before I did it again to become a Reiki master. And it's another three-day course. But yeah. anyone can do it because everyone has those healing powers within them. It's just figuring out how to harness them and how to bring them forth.
0: You're so mellow. I've never seen you, like, worked up. Me? Do you get worked up?
1: Um, When my daughter, Rumi, doesn't stop going in my ear all the time. <laughs>
0: you can get worked up?
1: I generally don't really get worked up unless, like, I'm I'm kind of, because I'm a Virgo, a double Virgo, I think I am a little bit of a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. But I think that through meditation and a lot of the work that I've done for myself and— um, That's how you stay mellow? yeah. I think it helps. You can just
0: take something. <laughs> All right. So, skincare. So, you went from growing up in skincare to studying nursing. You yeah. were like the Doogie Hauser of nurses <clears throat> at yeah. 18.
1: It was crazy. So, then. And then you're working in. So, I did a lot of counseling with different patients and learned different methods of talk therapy. And then eventually, when I moved to New York City, I wanted to actually work in mental health and continue that. But when I moved there, I was still super young and it was during the recession and all the nurses who were going to be retiring actually didn't retire that year. So I was like, oh no, there was no jobs actually in the city. So I ended up working out of a place that wasn't in a very safe area outside of the city. And then I had a boyfriend at the time who was like, this is not okay. You need to start working in the city where it's a safer area. And he knew a plastic surgeon who was looking for a job. And I literally at the time didn't know what Botox was. I didn't even know what plastic surgery was. And um, I went into his office and I interviewed with him and he was asking me questions like, oh, I'd worked in the OR. So I'd done some rotations. I'd seen total hip surgeries. I'd seen open heart surgeries. And wow, um, I'd been to a birth. And I remember I, at that time, I was actually in nursing school and I was only 17. And it was the first time I'd experienced tears of joy. I remember being in this room and this young girl was giving birth and all of a sudden she goes, she goes, why is that nurse crying? And I'm looking around <laughs> I'm like, who's crying? And I go to rub my face. I'm like, oh, Hello. I was like, I was like, I was like, no, these are happy tears because I had never seen something. I was like, oh, my God, life just came. And it was like so profound to me. I still
0: get them when I'm out of birth. I mean, I can not imagine. Time. People are like, hey, Dr. B, come take a picture. I'm like, thank God I don't wear mascara.
1: <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, it's such a beautiful Thing to witness. Um.
0: I also remember I took a doula who was training. I was training her, and I took her to the first birth she was ever at. You know, it was intense. It's always intense. And when that ba- it was at a birthing center, and she was in a tub laboring, 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 when that baby finally came out, the doula. In training that I brought just let out the biggest. She just couldn't hold it back. Tears were streaming down and she, you know, it was all, all happy, I don't know. It's joy, it's triumph, I don't know. But anyway, I can relate, I guess is what I'm saying. Move on.
1: Yeah, so so going back to that, so basically I, I hadn't experienced what it was to be in plastic surgery. So then he was like, well, um, for whatever reason he saw something in me and he was like, come work him in the OR. The next thing you know, I'm assisting in the OR Doing stitches, doing learning different things about how to administer Botox, how to do fillers. And then where I found um almost like a balance for me was when I could find the art in doing Botox and fillers in a way that could make people age naturally. Because what I saw in the city that was really it just didn't sit well with me is that some people started to look bizarre to me.
0: Mm, I've seen and
1: that. and it's just like and there was this fine line where people suddenly started to just go over that line and there wasn't a way to kind of come back from it. So, where I enjoyed bringing the mental health aspect into it is being able to counsel of some people who would keep on coming back and be like, "I need more. I need more. I need more." And I realized it wasn't actually a uh, outer appearance thing. It was something that was going on from within. Oh, wow. So, when I first started realizing that I could kind of work with people on that level to kind of help them not feel the need to keep going back for more and more and more, that's when I started to kind of integrate into my own practice in New York. And then it was like I did one or two people, and they looked amazing and natural and not overdone, and then the New York business started to really grow. And then here we are 11 years later.
0: Yeah, so you did more training?
1: Well, oh, yeah, I did more training because I – and then so after 18, I continued on, and I – um. Did more nursing training than I did specifically in the OR. I did a lot of training, and I've done trainings with the Allergan companies where they where they make Botox and Juvederm and Voluma and all the fillers.
0: Mm-hmm. And your practice then, because I don't know that much about skincare, but what you're saying is you use both, right? So it sounds like you're using the products for more of the external mm-hmm. changes and. Yeah. Um, and your other whole tool belt of tools, energy work, and almost like counseling Mm -hmm. um, for the internal changes.
1: Yeah, because I think that when you're able to find that balance is when someone can truly age gracefully and not go over that line of all of a sudden people are like, what happened to, you know, Susie or, you know, Hank?
0: That must be like an incredibly unique approach to skincare.
1: I mean, I'm hoping, this is, my hope is that people are starting, practitioners are starting to become more aware of that, and they're not just overfilling people and letting them keep in, coming back for more and more because oh, of the money aspect of it.
0: I overfill myself.
1: <laughs> you, you look perfect. Oh,
0: thank you. That means a lot coming from you. <laughs> At what age do, do people, is like a good time to start working on anti-aging.
1: Well, whenever someone starts to become aware of it, I think it's uh, you could always talk about it. You know, even if you're talking to your younger children about just simply washing their face morning and night, just for cleanliness. But generally speaking, I mean, I see people from the ages of eighteen all the way up to. I think yeah. you have one patient who's in their hundreds, one hundred and two, maybe.
0: Working on rejuvenation. Yes. Trying to look like not a day over ninety-seven. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and is so you. That's when you start using fillers, even um, sometimes not, as a No, teenager?
1: no, no. So I do. That's when sometimes I'll do some of the more of the Reiki facial side of things, and um, without products. Yeah, without products. So I use medical grade peels, but the way I kind of gauge it is that. I'll look at the person's skin and see what their skin needs are. So I won't ever make someone have like a deep peel where their skin is sloughing off. But I'll do it enough where their skin gets a little dry so they can have a deeper exfoliation to help shrink the pores, help with fine lines, and um, clear up acne or old acne scars. So that's something you can do without using the uh, products like Botox fillers and any of that type of thing. So
0: using more natural products?
1: Yeah, for the beginning part of the facial... I'll generally use just like a very natural cleanser, exfoliant. I'll do something called dermaplaning, which exfoliates the skin. And this is something that pregnant women can do. Because one of the big things when you're pregnant, you have to avoid doing all... You can't do Botox. You can't do fillers. You can't do lasers. And you can't do deep uh, peels.
0: Really? Even just localized? They're all contraindicated?
1: Yeah. I mean, there's just not enough studies to Mm -hmm. show what could possibly happen. Like, I would never want to have have a mother do that and then you know god forbid something happened you mm-hmm. wouldn't nev- you'd always question better be safe yeah um but also a big reason why is because when our hormones are all kind of fluctuating all over the place we have a higher chance in our uh, of hyperpigmenting which is when some of the women get the facial masks of the brown oh, spots the chlo-asma. yeah so that's like a huge thing in pregnancy that women sometimes don't realize uh can happen because you're exposed to the sun more you're Melanin's up, and uh, you get more hyperpigmentation. So my biggest thing I always tell those clients is make sure you're wearing SPF that's at least 40 or above with zinc in order to prevent that.
0: Are you contracting? Yeah. Okay, me too. I just thought I would check.
1: Can you see when I'm contracting?
0: uh, Not in your belly, but I just see (laughs) – I can see your facial reactions to it and your movements. So
1: yesterday, too, I was in – I actually was at the doctor's, and I was having contractions like – pretty frequently Uh,
0: how many weeks are you
1: well um i was supposed to be i think 31 but he told us yesterday that the date was actually off and i'm actually coming out two weeks earlier 33 33 now yeah oh wow
0: look at that there you'll never get those two weeks back i know Hmm. um Talk more about pregnancy and skincare. So, those things are, that you can't do.
1: So, yeah, so the things you can't do are lasers, Botox, fillers.
0: All my favorite things.
1: Yep. You can't, you know, and you want to be really mindful about avoiding the sun as much as possible because that's what's going to bring out that pregnancy mask that everyone ends up complaining about. And generally, it takes about a year to really balance it out.
0: After pregnancy after to go pregnancy, away.
1: Yeah. And if you're breastfeeding even longer because your hormones are still fluctuating after pregnancy. So I won't even do laser treatments or deep peels on people who are
0: post emblema? I'm sorry. Oh while they're breastfeeding post anly? While the
1: breastfeeding. breastfeeding, yeah.
0: So what things can you do?
1: So the Reiki facial side of things, I like to do that. And you could also do microneedling. Uh, which is able to help shrink the pores. And it's basically this little device that makes little stamps on the face, and okay. it helps shrink the pores, helps with fine lines, and it just gives you a little boost of circulation What to does the it face. feel like when you're doing it? Um, everyone has a different kind of reaction, but it's not the most pleasant feeling, but it's not terrible. It's like from a 1 to 10, it's about like a 2. It's annoying more than yeah. anything. Oh. But the Reiki facial side of it, when you're doing... Dermaplaning to exfoliate the skin, open up the pores, getting lymphatic drainage, which is super helpful while you're pregnant because you're holding in all that fluid. fluid. yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're doing that on the skin. Immediately, it makes you look more refreshed and rejuvenated. And I think that's the one thing that all the moms are always kind of looking for is that little tiny piece of like a moment of feeling rejuvenated.
0: So that's all built into a se- like one session that yeah, you do. Yeah, that's
1: usually like 45 minutes to an hour. Hmm. And then... I'll use a uh, more of a natural mask depending on what the person's skin care needs are. If they're more dehydrated, I'll put something together that's hydrating for them or if they're dry or if they're uh, over oily. Which Will so, you make the mask for yeah.
0: customized person to person? Yeah. So I'll just wow. put
1: different ingredients together or I'll use masks that I know are more natural that I'm comfortable using during pregnancy. And um, when that mask is sitting on them, that's when I'll do some, I'll guide them into a re, uh, meditation. So I'll usually do a visual guided meditation so they'll get super relaxed and they'll really feel inside their body. And then that's when I'll start kind of bringing in the Reiki mm-hmm. side of it. So by the end of the session, they're feeling super relaxed and at ease. All the muscles in the face are super relaxed. Oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah, and so when they come out of it, they're just looking vibrant and they're feeling clear and... Life is good.
0: Do um, dads do it?
1: They can do it.
0: I don't. <laughs> do you not do it with dads or do dads? I, not? I don't
1: usually. I don't usually treat too many men for Reiki side of things. I think for me, I, I enjoy working with women. Mm-hmm.
0: But I mean, are just in general, do do, do men, do, men do a lot of skincare in general? And then well, they, see-
1: they do actually. It's becoming much more common. So many of my patients will always bring their husband's in to do a little Botox and fillers. Oh, yeah. But um, the energy work of things, I don't do the Reiki facial so much for for male patients, but I'll send them to people that I trust and think are um, would be helpful to them.
0: So are there other people that do East-West like you do?
1: Um, there, I think it's becoming more known. I don't know too many people right now, but within my company, I'm training other nurses and nurse practitioners to follow the same philosophy. With your techniques
0: that you've developed. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool! And they're in New York, or do you, you're by in New York? Yeah, you're they're back in and New forth.
1: York. Um, yeah, and then eventually, in time, we'll start to once after the second baby comes, we'll bring on some more people to train.
0: It sounds like uh, it's not too far off in the distance. <laughs> I know. <laughs> what about uh, nutrition and food and diet? How does that affect your skin?
1: So one thing I love to tell pregnant women, or even just my patients in general, who are post babies or just in general for anti aging, and I've seen a huge difference even in my own skin. When I drink bone broth, mm. mix a little ghee, a little bit of lemon, and a little bit of ginger, immediately like your cells feel feel nourished, and then your skin because Is that the of the, collagen there's in there collagen or? in it. Yeah, and you immediately like I see a difference in my like entire being after having like a good solid uh, cup of bone broth. Do you make your own? No, I go to Erewhon and I spend <laughs> way too much money on a cup of bone broth.
0: <laughs> Otherwise, it's like days making it, though. It
1: is. It's like a whole process. Yeah. But that's why you can get a crock pot, which I just need to master the crock pot. Bone yeah.
0: broth thing. I have a crock pot sitting in my closet and I buy bone broth.
1: <laughs> but the bone broth is definitely helpful with anti-aging. And then um, I think the big thing is just finding a skincare line that works really good for you.
0: Do you have favorites?
1: Um, I definitely have some that I recommend to people. Like I think sunblocks. There's really good brand called Elta MD. It has zinc in it. You can have. There's tinted moisturizer in it, so it's kind of easy, and you don't have to wear a lot of makeup over it. Because I like to be very simple with my routine.
0: Do you have products?
1: I don't. I mean, I definitely have products that I. I haven't made any yet, but there's products that I recommend people to get.
0: Okay. We don't have to talk about them. I just want to know if you have products. All right. Let's go into our break, and then we're going to talk about your babies. Okay. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Nusha Salini. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by an innovative product that's made a big difference for parents and babies alike. Dr. Mom Butt Bomb. As a parent of four, I've had my fair share of battles with diaper rash, often resorting to thick, unpleasant pastes. I only recently discovered Dr. Mom Butt Bomb, and I was immediately impressed by its pleasant consistency and ease of application. This pediatric-approved skin protectant is free from dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, making it perfect for your baby's sensitive skin. It's designed by a doctor who's also a mom, ensuring your little one gets the gentlest care. A small dab is all it takes to soothe and protect, avoiding the mess and hassle of traditional treatments. With ingredients like dimethicone and petrolatum, Dr. Mom Butt Bomb not only soothes, but also restores your baby's delicate skin. Available on Amazon.com and Walmart.com, it's the smart choice for every parent wanting to keep diaper rash at bay. Remember, with Dr. Mom Butt Bomb, nothing comes between you and your baby, not even diaper rash. Welcome back to the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. Our guest today is Nusha Salimi. Let's talk about your babies. You make babies. You're making another one. Yes. Um, How old is your first?
1: She is going to be three in May.
0: And um, how was your pregnancy with her?
1: So she was a little bit complicated. From 20 weeks, uh, she was breech. And at the time, I was living in New York, and I went to this really well-respected doctor who immediately was like, well, uh, we're gonna schedule your C-section. And I had zero autonomy on what that decision was even gonna look like. And basically, I had the choice of staying in New York throughout the pregnancy, or my husband was like, "Uh, we have to come out to LA for my work anyway and
0: oh you didn't have a place here
1: no at the time we didn't and so basically i I had my business that was really busy in new york we kind of wrapped things up and when i was seven months pregnant i came over here and that's oh wow yeah i did not
0: realize that you had just arrived off the
1: yeah and i had talked to and to be honest with you carmen was the reason why i was like i want to go to la and have my birth wow so carmen who's my doula yeah uh She's actually doing my postpartum doula this time. This time she's doing closing of the bones, which I'm I'm excited to experience. Yeah, Um, but I don't
0: even know what that means. uh, Oh, so basically, it's like I think
1: it's a form of binding and just taking care of the mom post. But
0: it sounds so much more when you say closing of the bones. I know.
1: (laughs) I think it's like also just if you say with a
0: British (laughs) accent, I'll totally I'll try it myself.
1: (laughs) So anyway, I talked to Carmen and she was like, she just was so soothing, and I just felt that that was where I needed to go I needed to come here and have this baby
0: So that doctor told you oh you're breech you're going to have a C-section at 20 weeks Yes But there's like 50% of babies are breech at 20 weeks and also what kind of birth were you planning to have
1: Well I at the time I didn't know of all the options I knew I wanted to do something more natural that was always my vision but it was just like immediately she's like oh this your baby's breech and that's what you're going to do Do you have a C-section I was like well what if I'm breech you know, at the end, she's like, "We'll just plan the C-section," and it wasn't really talked about any other option.
0: So you just thought in your mind more natural, but so so vaginal is more natural. Yeah, than I wanted a know. vaginal
1: birth. Like that's what my vision was. But when I at got a from. hospital. Well, in New York, I remember thinking about the idea of doing like a home birth, but there wasn't anyone that I had known enough about or connected to to do that. So it was going to be in a hospital. Were
0: your friends having babies, or were you the baby leader?
1: I was kind of the baby leader.
0: That doesn't surprise me. You're a yeah,
1: leader. I was. I remember. I remember. I was like, oh. But most of the people I knew in New York that had babies, nobody was doing home births. It just it's not a New York thing, really. Mm-hmm. Especially so you're a
0: uh, vaginal <laughs> low intervention. Hospital birth, yeah, until twenty weeks when you found out you were breached. Yeah,
1: yeah, that was by plan, and then so basically I stayed. Still breech. shocking
0: to my mind that at twenty weeks anybody would care that you're breached.
1: Well, I think that she just—that's what she was just telling me about initially. She's like, "That's how it's gonna like if you stay breached, that's what." Oh, the she was option. just saying,
0: okay, not that we have to schedule it now, but if it doesn't turn, then just so you know.
1: Yeah, but she did schedule C sections quite early because she was a very busy doctor. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, so basically, um, then I was still breech. When I left New York, so I was a seven months pregnant at that point, still okay. breech, came out here, met with Alex, who is my midwife. Midlife. Yeah. And she was so supportive and really helped me come to the conclusion that I wanted to do a breech home delivery, but hopefully turn the baby. And that's when I started meeting you because I was having- I your kids to flip. Yeah, we were trying.
0: Did you- because Alex is a midwife that does home birth or birthing center birth, um, either one. Because you had planned a hospital birth. Yeah, so. but then
1: when I was we were moving out to California, I was like, I want to do a home birth.
0: Oh really? Because yeah. it's California.
1: I think just because I knew. So yeah. L A. Yeah, it was very yeah. LA. <laughs> Um because I, I wanted to do that in New York, but it just was like I wasn't going to do it in my one bedroom uh, apartment, and just didn't see didn't make sense really yeah. for me there.
0: When I moved, because I'm from New York, and when I moved to LA, I became vegan. <laughs> I did for like an hour, but I it works. Hold, I That's something up. that LA does to you. Yeah,
1: vegan, and you know all those things. But anyway, uh, I was actually laughing. I don't know if we should uh, edit that or not. But we were talking about this the other day. When anytime someone knows that you're like a healer, they're like. Oh, so are you doing ayahuasca? No, have, that's right. Are you vegan? Have you done this? I'm like, Meh. Yeah. But anyway, edit that out.
0: No, we could. Uh, <laughs> I'm all, well, it's funny because my wife wanted to have an unmedicated childbirth with our first baby. Yeah. It, it came to me as like a total shock. We're medical people. We're, I, you were a nurse at 18. I was working in ambulances. I became a an, uh, medic and I was working in ambulances and emergency rooms. And she, you know we just grew up very medical. So midway through the pregnancy, she's like, "Yeah, I'm going to try to do it with no drugs." I'm like, "Why?" I'm like, "We don't we don't even drive a Prius. We're not vegan. Like, do you shave your armpits? What's the deal?" Yeah. And um I had no idea. That I part no idea. I still
1: don't understand, and I'm so curious. I remember I can't Shaving remember the name of the book.
0: I'll explain to you.
1: What the reason the calling to wanting to do it without any medication?
0: Oh, I know why she wanted to do it without no medication. Oh, she is. Does not like needles. <laughs> mm, I don't know. That I, was the drive.
1: For me, it was more like I just wanted – I wanted to fully experience what it was to be in that birthing state and if I, hear I could I people do say it. that.
0: Yeah, I, I hear people say exactly that. The most. I think most of the people who want to do unmedicated birth feel it and say something like that.
1: Yeah, and I think also because when I got pregnant, I had just been on like a two-year very like kind of serious yoga and – journey and I hadn't, I was, wasn't was even drinking caffeine. Like I had only had a tea for wow. a few years. It was very like, Herbal. I felt very clean. Herbal tea. Yes. And so uh, I think that was my idea with that. But anyway, so.
0: Oh yeah, so then you had the option to do, your baby didn't turn.
1: She didn't turn. You did everything. I tried everything. I mean, I did. So Dr. Fishbein came, he did an aversion at home, mm-hmm. which we were monitoring the baby. So she was yeah. safe. I mean, like, I couldn't tell any, anyone who I knew in the medical world who are, you know, Doctors, they were it just something you can't talk about, like home birth, like because you, you're literally judged. Mm. Yeah, And that, like, and that also because I am a nurse, you know, you have more of that judgment on you, like, why would you do that when you know the risks? But I felt like I'm pretty aware. I feel so,
0: like I heard your Persian accent for one second when you said nurse. Is that possible?
1: You might. Sometimes I sometimes I have a Scottish accent slash British Oof. slash Iranian.
0: Okay.
1: Um, It all comes in, and then I don't know where I'm from. <laughs> And slash LA. Welcome,
0: to, welcome to America. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
1: Um, so, yeah, so basically uh, when I heed, she wouldn't turn, I was like, you know what? I'm going to try this. And the funniest part about it, so we're at home. I'm in labor for two days, pushing for
0: four hours. So you get to 10 centimeters with a breech baby at home.
1: Yeah, her bum came out.
0: Wow. Half
1: of her bum came out after pushing for four hours. And then I I literally, I remember Dr. Fishburne at one point was like, stop pushing, because I think he had to turn her or something. And then I kind of clenched and I was like, and then I was like, I want to go to the hospital now. But at that point, this is, I looked like an Amazonian woman. I hadn't showered in two days. My hair had somehow become one chunk of hair. (laughs) And then- Like on the doll, just one piece. Yes, it was was just one piece. And then I remember looking at Richard, who every time I was pushing, because he was holding one leg, he was pushing, too. So he was complaining <laughs> that his hips hurt. He's
0: probably got hemorrhoids. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> so he, we drive. So the doctor was pushes my daughter back in.
0: Because he wanted to go to the hospital. Because
1: I was like, I want to go to the hospital. I'm done. Poor Alex and Carmen. And and, and they had everyone there. They, everyone was exhausted because we'd all been up for two days now, basically.
0: And they were expecting it to be and they were 10 minutes be, away.
1: Yeah. And so I kind of was just, I just felt in my body. I knew that the, my baby was okay. I knew I was okay, but physically, I knew that I needed to, I, my body couldn't handle it anymore. Okay. So we went to UCI, Santa Monica. I walked into the ER, and I was like, I looked insane. And I was like, where is the affine anesthesiologist? <laughs> and then they brought me right in. But like the, the problem for me where I found it the hardest was that all the judgment I felt while I'm literally in labor, mm. like people were like, why would you have done this? Why I was like, this is because what I wanted you're a to do. Because you were a Because I was yeah. So,
0: oh, you know, that's a big thing that maybe I just glanced over. Going to the hospital meant that you could no longer deliver a Yeah,
1: no, I had – It
0: wasn't like um, a head-down baby that you're working at home – and you get exhausted or the baby's not dropping, and so some of the interventions may be helpful to continue the vaginal birth. You made a choice. Baby was coming out of you already. Yeah. You made a choice not just to go to the hospital and get some pain relief. You're like, we're going to have a cesarean right now. Yeah. Wow.
1: And um, so, like, I knew that going in. So, I'll, I mean, I was stopping in the hallway every minute because I was still having the contractions just and just holding her in, basically. Just like on our podcast. Yeah. 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 It was exactly recreating it. Yeah, I know. I like to relive things. I like it. Yeah. Uh, So anyway, they brought me right in. I had the C-section. But the beautiful thing about it was I had all this fear that I wasn't going to be present. And that was why I was so resistant against having the C-section. But one thing that Alex was really helpful to tell my husband was you just need to help keep her present. And it's not going to be taking her away from this moment as much as she feared. So he he was the only
0: one from your team that came in with you.
1: Yeah, he was in the room to with the, me, uh, or. Mm-hmm. and he videoed it, and of course he scored it and made it this whole like. Yes, I still things. haven't seen it. Oh, I'll send it to you, and he. he it reminded me that he's a filmmaker. He, yeah, it reminded me that uh, no matter what, that she came out and she was happy, healthy, and it was. It was a beautiful thing. Still, it was still that moment where you cried tears of joy, and I had this fear that uh, that's if you. We're gonna have a C-section. You're just not gonna be present for your baby. No,
0: it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah, we have an episode of our podcast called "The Gentle Cesarean." Yeah, where we talk very much about the sacred, beautiful moment that the baby comes through your body into the world, and it doesn't... with Dr. Goslin. Yeah, you know, uh, that's a okay. different episode of "The Gentle Cesarean." That's mm. a video one, mm. but uh, this one is with Dr. Shavira, and um, it just you know I think people listen to it, and and then you know if you choose or want or need to have a cesarean for some reason, then it's really important to know what you just said. It's still a birth moment, yeah. Especially if it's not an emergency, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, so, um, flash forward a little bit. You are pregnant again.
1: So I'm pregnant again, and I don't have all the attachments around having to have it be exactly as my plan is. And I think because I was able to experience what it was to go into labor, I was able to experience what it was to push and you know have some of that home birth experience. Um, I, am going to go for a V back.
0: Are you open about what you're having? A boy. Oh, it's a boy. It's a boy. So it's already different.
1: It's very different. And you And feel this like one's
0: uh, head down.
1: This one's head down. He was originally breached. And I was like, oh man, I was like, there must be something in my pelvis. And yeah. then I did a bunch of yoga and did different inversions. And I remember my husband and I were sitting in bed and we saw him turning and, and he was like, this is how they came up with the movie Alien.
0: because <laughs> yeah, that's what it looks like. Yeah,
1: it's so bizarre. <laughs> Um, and then, uh, so he flipped. So I'm super happy about that. And, um, the one thing I have to say, interestingly enough, the difference between having a girl versus a boy is I definitely feel a difference in the hormones. How so? I feel like definitely more hormonal with a boy. I don't feel like, you know, with the skin. Interestingly enough, I remember with my daughter, it was more facially like the skin expanded differently. Hmm. And this one, because I'm always observing stuff with skin anyway, but this one, it's just, I do, I don't feel as much of the skin changes. Really? Yeah. People
0: say that, but you feel it.
1: Yeah, I feel it. But I knew when I was pregnant because the second that the elasticity in my skin changed, I was like, wait, there's something on my body. There's something that the body does when that... I think that when the relaxing hormones in the yeah, it's body pretty quick, yeah, it's like immediately like the body starts to just respond to it, and you can see like it's almost like more rubbery and we
0: see that on the chiropractic side because sometimes the symptoms will start like. How do I have sciatica? I'm only six weeks pregnant, but the hormones are already changing. The joints are already becoming lax, and you're losing stability in some areas. Blood flow that could go maybe be compressed now, and other things like that. And I'm like, but I'm just six weeks pregnant, but the change is already taking place.
1: Yeah, that's so interesting.
0: So this time you're planning. You have a head down boy. Head down boy. And you're planning on a hospital birth.
1: I am. I mean, I, to be honest, Uh-oh. I was going to do no. a. I was going to do a home birth with Alex again, but just because it is a VBAC. Um,
0: Vaginal birth after cesarean.
1: Vaginal birth after cesarean. I think I'm going to go for the hospital birth.
0: You don't sound 100% convinced, because though. Because I'm not. Okay. And not
1: fully. I'm just, I'm honestly, I'm just going with the But father. Alex is
0: going to be with you anyway. Alex is going to be with you anyway. you're going labor at home for a while anyway. I'm going to labor at
1: home. I'm going to have Patty with me.
0: So if, like, this, I mean, are, will you be set up so that if everything's going great and the baby just comes out, you just keep it as a home birth? Yeah, I'll be like, oopsie. Oopsie. Baby
1: came at home.
0: Yeah, I mean, because they do VBACs at home. Yeah, they do. They'd be comfortable doing. But I, you know,
1: I do have a. The the doctor is planning for me to be at the hospital.
0: But you're you sound up in the air. Like let's labor at home and let's see what happens.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm kind of doing. I
0: mean, it could be that the first one you're planning to have at home, and you had it at the hospital. I just can't thing.
1: tell anyone that I'm planning. if like the thing oh, about these...
0: if you're listening, close <laughs> your ears.
1: <laughs> because all of my family and all of Richard's like, Rich, family, everyone just because they knew what happened the last time, they're like, "Uh, I'm just I honestly'm in like the flow of whatever is going to be the most comfortable situation for me, and then whoever's with me.
0: We're gonna do Reiki while you're in labor.
1: Yeah. I'll definitely do that. Do you that. do it on yourself,
0: or does somebody have to yeah, do? it Yeah, no, you, you can
1: do it for yourself. That's why I recommend everyone to go and do, do it, even like the reiki. Do you have enough time to learn
0: reiki so I can do it for you? Yes, later. we'll
1: cool. pass it over to you, you know, The energy.
0: I get it. It's coming.
1: Kinda... <laughs> yeah, I mean, people can do online courses for reiki one really? and two, and yeah, it's just a, it's a beautiful way to find healing within yourself. Mm-hmm. So I definitely recommend people do that. But I, you can totally do it do it during birth. I've done it for friends while they've been in labor. And it's just really, really helpful.
0: Sounds cool. You know how Alex sometimes calls me to a birth when something's up, like if uh, there's back spasms or the baby's rotated badly or back labor or anything like that. Sometimes a midwife or a doula will call and say, even people I've never met before, "Hey, can you come in here and like help us out a little bit?" This weekend I got called to a birth. Very bizarre. At Cedar Sinai, where I go all the time, and the reason it was bizarre is because I was a couple I'd never met before. The doula was calling me for the dad, not the mom. Shoot, something, he had thrown his neck out in the middle of her labor. So I'm in there, he's sitting in a chair and I'm digging into his like big spasm, he can't turn his neck and I'm digging and he's like, and then all of a sudden she's on the bed and she's like, Argh. they were like
1: having referred having to Yeah, I was like, this is so
0: sweet, you know, what a date. But
1: you naturally have all that, those healing powers within your hands. You're just not calling it Reiki.
0: Yeah, I'm not calling it Reiki, but I could call it Reiki. You, could. you no. can. you no. can
1: call it whatever you want to call it, but there's something coming through the energetic things from your hands. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Well.
0: Wow. Um, are you who who's on your team? Who's coming to your birth?
1: So Patty Quintero. She's gonna be
0: your doula. She's gonna this be my time, doula. Your labor doula.
1: Yeah. And then Carmen Thomas. If she's in town, she'll also come join us. We just wanna have a, basically a big party, a birth, a birth party. Okay. Um Carmen will be there at some point. And then Alex, Evangeletti.
0: Will be your monitrice, I suppose. Yes. Midwife yes. with uh, with monitoring privileges.
1: Yes. Hopefully. Um, and then I'm also working with Dr. Gosland, who would do, if in the worst case scenario, I need to do a C-section. Mm-hmm. He's who's going to do that cause he's going to do the gentle cesarean. Oh, effect.
0: gentle cesarean. But, in, but he's also, I mean, according to the plan, if you go to the hospital to deliver he's, that, yeah, he's, he's totally he's your open hospital to doctor.
1: Yeah, but he's does not go over the um, due date.
0: Oh, really? Wait a second. This is news.
1: Mm-hmm. I went and I asked all my, my questions. Okay,
0: we'll have to talk about that. Yeah. Uh, so, hold on one second. At home, will your daughter be there?
1: Yeah, she'll be there, and she's very excited. Have to... you talked
0: to her about birth? Oh, every, all the time. She's she's, into she's into
1: obsessed with watching her birth video.
0: Oh, she watches that video? She that, watches dun, it all dun, 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 dun. the time.
1: I have to, I'm going to send it to you to watch tonight oh, yeah. so you can you can get the visual of it all. I love
0: it. And then um, uh, Richard, I suppose, will be there yes. for some of it, your husband.
1: Yeah. And maybe, hopefully, you can come, too.
0: I'd love to be there. I can cook, whatever you need. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure.
1: Richard will be asking for adjustments because, you know, it can't always be just about me. He always has to have something Every time I
0: see you, next time I I come over, I'm going to work on you, and then I'm going to do some Botox with him. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Literally, I'll have an entire day of patience, and I'll be exhausted, and he'll be like, Baby, can you do a little bit of Frankie on me? I'm like, I have nothing (laughs) left to give.
0: (laughs) I can picture both of you doing that. You made him sound like Austin Powers, though. <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's kind of like him.
0: A little bit. Um, and then, so you're open, like does however this goes, it goes. Yeah,
1: I'm not attached anything. I'm o- I'm okay with whatever, as long as this baby comes out healthy and happy and sleeps well during the night, I'm going to be very happy.
0: In your first birth when you were laboring at home, did you want to be touched or not want to be touched? Yeah. You like I was it. in
1: and out of the bath. Carmen was massaging me. I don't know how she had these supernatural powers to stay awake and for massage me for so yeah. long. Like That blows my mind. It's, like,
0: it's auto because I've, I've been to birth for 23 hours and when I'm dueling, I'm usually body working.
1: Like, dueling is, I think, the number one thing that everyone should have because your spouse also like it just puts like an energetic balance for the spouse too because no matter what they're going to be obviously nervous too whoever's there kind of going with you and i think the doula just brings in such a nice balance to the couple and then for the mom laboring here's a little secret
0: we have i'm a doula and my wife is a doula and for all four of our kids we hired a doula
1: yeah i think it's so i mean until i experienced i was like whoa this is literally worth every single penny and a lot more
0: I think it's nice to have a birth party even if you're not pregnant just to get all those people that you just, I just mentioned I there. just
1: love all those people like I want to I want to pay them just to hang out with people. me
0: absolutely I can totally see that <laughs> we should do that during a big birth party one day yeah time. Um, I hate it we're out of time I love talking to you and I learned stuff from you and I did not know anything about skincare 44 years and I'm finally starting to learn I should have washed my face as a kid <laughs> Oh,
1: well. I feel like you look younger just from our talk.
0: actually. Thank you. Yeah, I, I can. I, I feel the gray going away. Um, your business is rejuvenate. Mm-hmm. Your company
1: rejuvenate how, with Nusha.
0: How do we find you online?
1: So you can go to the website at rejuvenatewithnusha.com dot com, or you can look at uh, Instagram at rejuvenatewithnusha to find out more about the Reiki facials, about the different treatments that I offer, injectable wise, in a more natural way. And, yeah, and contact us and see if you're a good fit for any of the treatments,
0: yeah, I hope you'll come back afterwards, and uh, we can talk about how this awesome birth party went down,
1: yeah, it'll be it'll be fun.
0: thanks for being here at home. Thanks for listening. If you have uh, topics you want to hear about, you know how to get a hold of us info at informedpregnancy dot com. I gotta hold